listener production. If you're landing here for the first time, best to go back and start at episode one. And before we start, a warning that what you're about to hear involves sexual abuse against children. Listener discretion is advised. Some details have been changed to protect the identities of victim survivors. Police have also obscured some methodologies used to catch child abuse perpetrators so as to not compromise ongoing investigations. It's 2013. Investigators at Task Force Argos are now inside a criminal network called The Love Zone, a website dedicated to the abuse of children. The arrest of a person of interest in Brisbane, Mr Smith, has delivered high-level access to this secret world. Turns out Mr Smith was a VIP on The Love Zone, and even though Argos boss John Rouse has been working on online cases for decades... The Love Zone feels like uncharted territory. The Love Zone was really, for me anyway, it was my first dipping my toe into the water, into the darknet. The darknet is the hidden part of the internet, far away from the clear net we access on our regular internet browsers. And this is where John and his team found the Love Zone. As we've heard, the police task force takes its name from the Greek myth of a 100-eyed giant, always on guard. And now, they'll need all eyes on one of the largest child exploitation websites in the world. They're starting to understand that what they're dealing with is not just a bunch of amateurs swapping snatched pics of kids in a playground. The Love Zone has 45,000 registered members, and it's highly organised, like a multinational corporation. When we infiltrated the board, we were seeing a hierarchical structure with roles and responsibilities across the various members in the network, effectively a criminal enterprise. And the criminal enterprise was focused on the sexual exploitation of children. I'm Akim Dev. This is The Children in the Pictures. Episode 2, Crimes Without Borders. Welcome to the Love Zone. You are now registered as a full member on TLZ. You will need to post a contribution within 30 days to maintain your membership. Mr. Smith has opened the door to the Love Zone and the Argos team is in. But now Head of Victim Identification Paul Griffiths realises they have a deadline. So the rules of the board said that to get into the site you had to post... 50 meg of hardcore preteen child abuse material. Once you got online, you then had to keep posting every 30 days, otherwise you lost your membership. If you wanted to get promoted to VIP, you had to upload four gigabytes of material, otherwise you lost your membership. You've heard right. The production of child abuse was incentivized and even enforced as part of a monthly membership on the Love Zone. Right up to his arrest, Mr Smith had been diligently posting enough to earn his VIP status. Smith had posted on the site only a couple of days previously, a couple of days prior to his arrest, uh, which meant that he wasn't expected to post for another 28 days or so. 
um, when we looked at his history of posting, he wasn't a very prolific poster, so it wasn't like people would be expecting him to post every day or anything like that, like some of the guys did. Still, the team needs to move quickly, and Paul knows what he needs to do. My job title was Victim Identification Coordinator, and all I was really interested in was identifying any victims whose images we could recover from the site. My view was that we should go and download as much of the material that we had access to as possible, start to examine whether or not that material was radically different from stuff we were finding elsewhere. So was it already being investigated uh, throughout our international community? And if it wasn't, then what could we do to try and identify the victims and the new material? The perpetrators and victims of the Love Zone could be based anywhere in the world. So Paul knows the importance of international collaboration. For two decades, he's been involved in Interpol's Crimes Against Children Specialist Group, a meeting of global leaders in victim ID. Interpol's whole MO is helping police around the world work together. And at a Crimes Against Children conference, Paul is sharing what he's found on the dark web. And then, of course, the next thing you see is the numbers. The number of people who were members of the group, the number of people who are currently online, you know, just thousands and thousands of members. So I was um, at that conference and I met Paul and I met him on stage really looking at um, how he presented the work, uh, the experts that he had uh, invited to the panel. Adele Desir is a 30-year-old French police officer about to start a new job at Interpol. And she's watching Paul up on stage, but this isn't your typical job orientation. It was really the first time... I got exposed to that and I was shocked how organised it was. Seeing Paul describe the hierarchy of these sites, all the administrators and moderators, tech experts and members working together to produce and share this material, Adele realises this is an ecosystem. I had a feeling or an impression or maybe like a preconception before that it was only like weird guys trading with each other, little groups on, you know, creepy platforms. Like really, I had no idea how big it was, how many members on each forum. It was just absolutely mind-blowing. It just shows how misunderstood the problem is. Because Adele isn't some rookie cop turning up to listen to Paul. She's a seasoned officer in child protection in France. And she's been committed to this work her entire career. I really wanted to join a child protection unit because I thought they were probably the most vulnerable of all the children. And I felt really passionate about doing my best to give them justice. Until now, she's been investigating crimes against children who've been mistreated, abandoned and sexually abused offline. To prepare for a new job at Interpol, She's given a tour of a French police unit that investigates child sexual abuse online. The head of the unit boots up her computer. And I remember she showed me one of the ongoing cases at the time. And that was really my first, I would say, exposure to a child abuse video. And yeah, I will never forget it. It was um, a German case. It was the only clue they had at the time, it was it was German. And um, the little boy was probably nine-year-old, something like that. It was a horrific, horrific video. And I just remember 
how hungry I felt just looking at that video, shocked, of course, like, I think I, I, I thought I knew what child abuse was, but I had no idea. Adele's new job at Interpol is in victim identification efforts in the Crimes Against Children team. So she's watching how Argos back in Australia is fighting this evil global network in real time. I could see every day with the, the work that uh, Argos did because I was involved in the many platforms where we communicate on cases. And what I could see is that they were kind of always in the forefront. And I think uh, Paul was at the time one of the first with uh, a very organized database of media as well before they were even databases. When Adele talks about a database of media, she's talking about pictures and videos. You've got to remember that every one of them is a crime scene. It's evidence of an offence being committed against an innocent child. For victim identification specialists like Adele and Paul, combing through these crime scenes for clues is their job. All day you have to be sitting in front of a computer watching probably the worst type of crimes, um, hurting children. And you have to see it live. You have to see it happening in videos. You have to see it happening in a series of images. And it can be daunting as well because of the volume of it. I mean, at some point, you just, you know, you don't know where to start. So Argos has access to the love zone through Mr. Smith's account. And John Rouse, Paul Griffiths and the team have some hard decisions to make. What we started out with was a network that was run by child sex offenders that we had infiltrated at a, a VIP level. Um, we had a bit of a scrum down in the office and said, look, this is where we've got to. We have access to the site. The access to the site is VIP level. Surely we can take advantage of that. Remember, to stay a VIP, Mr Smith had been posting hardcore preteen child abuse material every 30 days. But for the account to stay active, more material needs to be uploaded. Now, obviously, police can't be in the business of uploading child abuse material, which is why members of the Love Zone feel secure. If the only way of staying on the network is trading illegal material, they feel pretty sure that law enforcement isn't there monitoring them. That's their first mistake. John and the team get the go-ahead to launch what's called a controlled operation. What a controlled operation allows us to do is to commit activity that otherwise would be criminal in its nature. It allows us to commit that criminal activity with a purpose to identifying, in our instance, obviously, uh, child sex offenders that are proliferating crimes against children. And it's not like the authorities give this power to just anyone. I have to sit in front of the judge personally and seek the approval. So that allows us then to do things like take over accounts, to possess and distribute child exploitation material. We can hack, we can do a range of things under our controlled operation. So, with the judge's approval, Argos goes undercover in the love zone. They assume the identity of VIP member Mr Smith. They will upload material but they're bound by strict protocols. The job of a victim ID specialist is hard enough. Spending all day scouring child exploitation images for clues. 
but pretending to be a pedophile? Paul says that's a whole other level. I can deal with the images, I can view the images, I can understand what they are, I can put that to one side and I can concentrate on trying to find the sharers, the possessors, the producers, obviously, of those images. I always hated portraying myself online as uh, an offender, and I always hated doing that. I'm not comfortable doing it. I don't feel nice doing it. You've got to kind of put yourself in the mindset of that individual. You kind of feel like you need a shower after you've done it. You know, you just feel grubby, and I don't particularly want to put myself in their shoes and pretend to be them. Some guys are great at doing it, and kudos to them. And in the Argos team, the guy about to find out if he's any good at the gig is Libor Yock. Libor's not your typical cop either. He certainly didn't plan on becoming one. I've uh, grew up in Eastern Europe and police was not something you would really aspire to be. There were quite a large number of jokes related to police there and their lack of uh, intelligence. Libor came to Australia looking for a new life after the fall of communism in the former Czechoslovakia. And, yeah, I came over to Australia in 1998, sort of doing all kind of jobs. And then one day my wife looked at the papers and said, oh, look, they accept everyone to police, uh, non-English speaking background and so on. Maybe you should apply. So I was like, yeah, why not? He's the kind of guy who takes apart computers for fun. And eventually... He joined the internet response team at Argos. It was a good fit. Very early on when I started here, I was like, yeah, this is something that comes in quite natural. Like, uh, because I used to uh, take a part and build computers whenever I, I had the time and opportunity to do so. So, yeah, and I can get paid for it. <laughs> it's great. Great for now, but his new gig isn't so much about building computers. He's going to become Mr. Smith. Paul hands over the passwords. Libor doubles down on the team's primary objective, to harvest. To gather as much data as possible and look for clues that might reveal the identity and location of a victim. That's always the goal, to track down the children and get them to safety. Becoming Mr. Smith is also about to give Argos access to the top dogs of the love zone. But there's a hitch. At that time, we were running on ADSL and we had limits. Libor's job is to search through the network and download everything he can find. But there's just so much of it, the Queensland Police IT system just can't handle the volume. I blew the limits in the first month and the technical support guy was like, you are killing my network, you are just... Because I just had it lined up and just downloading even when I was not there. It's 2019 and I'm back at Argos headquarters. After years of speaking to the team, They've allowed me supervised access to the love zone. They feel it's the right time for me to really see the structure, scale and exact nature of offending on a child abuse network firsthand. A senior sergeant is next to me, ready to boot up the computer. Argos aren't giving me unfettered access. 
I'm going to see a censored clone of the site that doesn't contain child abuse images. But still, the last time I viewed a child abuse forum on my tour with Anonymous, I had a seizure. So I'm feeling anxious. And here it is, right in front of me. The Love Zone Universe. The first thing you notice is that it looks super antiquated. It's really old school, dial-up era graphics, a bit like bulletin boards at the beginning of the internet. At first glance, you think that you're on a model aeroplane or vintage car collector site. Then you scroll down and read the categories. We're using an AI voice to read posts from the Love Zone site, and I've got to warn you, these are quite graphic. Girl preteen, preteen softcore, preteen hardcore. Each user has their own profile page, which shows all their fetishistic preferences. Nesbit, rank, moderator, hobby, girls from four to nine. I love the smell of young girls' hair. And in each section, there are threads. Online conversations on a range of topics. How to meet children. The best place to go on holiday for finding kids. And then I braced myself for the actual posts. I'm told that on the live site, each post would have featured a preview image of child abuse material. I'm grateful that's been disabled. Girl, five-year-old hardcore with stepdad. Toddler boy with loving grandpa. Topic, where to meet kids. I know, I know. Everyone posts this question. Where can I meet kids and have the opportunity to build a relationship with them? A user who calls himself Wonder Boy replies, Get in a family that has kids and get to know the kids. Babysit the kids. Spend enough time with children, even very young children, because kids love playing and they love attention. Username LoveGirl has a few ideas. The one that works for me is to befriend their parents, family, friends, neighbours, workmates. If they have cuties at home, develop a relationship with mom and dad. The rest comes naturally. Either that or go to teacher's college for a few years and apply to work in a school. Doc Phoenix chimes in. Get involved in community projects, such as camping trips and the like. Just get involved in things that your kids can get involved in. For example, being a youth guidance advisor at summer camps. Just sit back and think about it. There are endless opportunities. Members post at all hours of the day and night. And I realise, this is a crime without borders. It's a global operation, with thousands of committed users. And back in 2013, that's what Libor's trying to discover. Every time he logs on, the goal is to work out the hierarchy of the network to get an idea of all the different personalities on the site, like a who's who in the zoo. You would just log in and you would see, oh, there is maybe 50 guys logged in at the same time, but it was just, you would just go through, read the new posts. And as I said, my main thing was, oh, let's do the downloads. But I also had a little Excel spreadsheet where I was like, yep, these are the guys who run the show. This is what I know about them. These are maybe guys I could be interested in and so on. And we would talk. Even though they're inside, 
The Argos team and their collaborators are still trying to map the complex terrain. By watching the conversations of the Love Zone elite, a structure is starting to emerge amongst the men behind this network. In the Love Zone, you can basically divide the topics being discussed into two sections. How to abuse children and how to avoid detection. And the latter is what I call tech support. How to set up your computer to access the dark web. How to upload materials surreptitiously. How to disguise your IP address and use encryption to remain anonymous. Basically, how to stay hidden. And as Adele Desir learns the ropes of her new job over at Interpol, she's seeing day after day how perpetrators are helping each other fly under the radar. Some of them might not have all this knowledge when they start, but they are quickly um, coached by others. They are members in the network uh, whose only work almost is to ensure safety of others by uh, cleaning the material for them or doing things like that. So they try to protect each other, that's for sure. If a post um, is made um, that is too revealing, moderators, you know, have the duty to remove it so it doesn't get... Yeah, in the hands of police, I guess. Revealing, as in giving away too many clues about their location, victim, or themselves. These communities are highly organised, tech-savvy, and above all, determined. Together, they are dedicated to the cause. And the cause is abusing children. As Argos dig deep into the murky depths of the love zone, They've worked out there's one individual at the top. A head administrator. He calls himself Ski. S-K-E-E. Ski. He lists his occupation as photographer and sex instructor. His interest is anything below 12. He says his hobbies are sex, sex and more sex. Liebel has started chatting to him in the forums and is getting a sense of how he operates online. Pretty much when I was talking to Ski, he rated himself a bit high and he was, he was like, yeah, I'm always online, people will miss me if I'm not there for a day. Pretty much his life evolved around his work and the board. So he would go to work, he was shift worker, he would come home, have a sleep, be on the board. That was it. A lot of Ski's posts on the Love Zone sound very managerial, letting members know when updates were available, discussing the layout and structure of the site, and giving pep talks to his team of moderators. Thanks for another hard, yet successful year. We do something that thousands rely on and visit almost daily, and we do it with the risk to our own lives and while hiding from the law. This is a huge undertaking and something that most others do only for reward. He talks like he's some dodgy corporate chief executive. And that's the thing. He is. He's running a global organisation with 45,000 members. And he's proud of it. Despite all of the issues, you guys have managed to push through and continue to not only deliver a quality board, but help to build upon our already good reputation. If I could write all of your references, I would. Ski even sends his top collaborators 
a quote-unquote Christmas card, a set of exclusive images is made just for them. This material is not to be shared outside the admin team. Some of it is my own personal material, and some of it is extremely private, and you will be the first people to view it. Don't be the Grinch and ruin Christmas. No judgments. I don't get fully hard with boys. LOL. As Libor studies Ski's posts, it's becoming clear that Ski is even more dangerous than they had imagined. Ski isn't just the manager running a swap shop. He's a prolific hands-on child abuser himself. It's not enough for Argos to track Ski online. They have to find him in the flesh, offline. They can't move quickly enough, but they also can't rush things. Investigations like this are a long game. As Argos boss John Rouse knows, what works is perseverance and patience. And also a little bit of forensic brilliance. Ultimately, if you put enough resources onto these individuals, unless they're really, really good, they do make mistakes. And it's just a matter of looking for the mistake. If you dig back far enough, you'll find that mistake that they made. So ultimately, Griff detected the mistake that the entity Ski made. Griff, as in Paul Griffiths, Argos's head of victim ID, starts noticing almost undetectable clues that Ski is accidentally leaving in his own pictures. Let's talk about the material. Mm-hmm. You were saying a lot of it's macro, pretty close up. Yep. So what could you ascertain from those macro photos? <sighs> very, very little, to be honest. Um, the only bits of his, his body that you could see basically in the images, or certainly his body, you could see a bit more of the kids' bodies, but the only bits you could see in his body would be his hands and his penis. That would be it, really. He did have one or two marks um, evident on his penis and a couple more on his hands. Um, And about the most prominent bit, about the most easily recognisable bit that he'd never covered up or he'd never done anything about, there was a kind of a freckle or a mole on his finger. I think it was his ring finger on his right hand, I think. Marks on his genitals and a freckle on his finger. It's not much to go on. And you're always making a note of those kind of things because there's no database of freckles. We're never going to find someone as a result of that freckle. But if you do find someone, you want to be able to prove that that's the person that you've got. There might not be a database of freckles, but Argos has colleagues around the world that they can work with to locate victims. Back at Interpol... Adele Dazir is looking after the International Child Sexual Exploitation Database, or ICSA, where global police forces can share material they've uncovered. Of course, in our work, uh, the clues are the media. And the more media we have, the more chance we have maybe to solve a case. I mean, I know that now more. Uh, Paul can remember a case detail by detail that he did 20 years ago. I mean, I have absolutely no idea how he does that. And yes, it's an encyclopedia, I would say, in the work that we do. In using human encyclopedias like Paul and the official ICSA database, the goal is the same, to identify, locate and rescue the child. That's why collaboration between Argos, Interpol and global police agencies is so crucial. They're hunting for clues together. 
we've got a pretty good network of investigators that we can consult and we can actually ask if they've seen images of the same child, images of the same location, uh, other images that we think match that same series. But when you're talking about material that's completely new, completely unseen, then everybody's focused on that particular set of images and then trying to identify whereabouts in the world those images come from. And some of the newest and hardest to access images are proof pics. In the world of the love zone, a proof pick is like a perpetrator's marketing tool. It brands the video or photo and proves the material is an original. And it's often done by placing a sign on the victim being abused. It depends on the age of a child, really. If the child is old enough to hold the sign, yes, he has to hold the sign. If not, the sign is simply um, put close to the child or on the child. Sometimes it is penciled on the child itself. It's really horrific, yes, absolutely. Making proof picks is a way to curry favour with powerful administrators on the board. By making material specifically for them, members have a chance to rise up the ranks of the love zone. The most common way probably is holding a sign simply with the name of a site and maybe a username or something, hello to someone else, or a little note that they have agreed on. The Argos team are scouring the Love Zone's VIP area, hunting for clues. They notice an old post of skis. He shared a proof pic that was made just for him with other VIPs. He said, uh, basically, this is my gift to you and I want to see if we can keep it within the VIP area. So if this stuff doesn't leak out from the VIP area, then I know that I can trust the people who are VIPs on this site. And he was pretty much right, to be honest. Most of the images that were in that post hadn't been seen in the law enforcement community, at least. At least until Argos became VIPs in the love zone. He posted a link to a series of images that we understand had been produced for him, not by him, with the word Aussie written on a piece of paper in the images. Aussie? An Aussie? Skis in Australia, right on Argos's doorstep. Next time on The Children in the Pictures, the Argos team get access to the most grotesque section of the love zone to hunt down perpetrators abusing children in real time. It's a club within a club. To be part of a producer lounge or producer group, you have to prove that yourself have uh, current access to a child. You have to prove that you're not just uh, branding material as yours, but that you are actually a producer. And Argos edged closer to finding Ski. It was almost surreal. I looked at it, I thought, that's got to be him. This podcast is dedicated to all victims and survivors of sexual crimes against children and those that stand against the sexual exploitation of children. If you know a child in immediate danger, please contact police. Call triple zero. For non-urgent police assistance, contact 131 444. 
If you need immediate support, contact the Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. For more information and help, go to childreninthepictures.org or head over to the ACE site, the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation, acce.gov.au. This podcast is a listener production made by the Factual Original Podcast team. Head of Factual and Drama for Listener Original Podcasts is Jennifer Goggin. Co-produced in collaboration with DNX Media. Produced and reported by me, Akim Dev, and Simon Nasht. Sound design, composition, and audio production by Darcy Thompson. Production assistance and theme composition by Matthew Dwyer. Additional audio production by Michael Letho. Our series producer is Romy Scher. Fact check by Bonnie Lavelle. Factual original podcast executive producers are Belinda Lopez and Emma Lancaster. Queensland Police were consulted for this production. Thanks to Argos and the other global child protection agencies who shared their stories with us. Special thanks to Dr. Asa Kasbaum and Dr. Jacqueline Goldstein for their guidance and expertise. And if you're concerned about your own thoughts and feelings or behaviours towards children, there is support. Stop It Now is an anonymous Australian helpline that aims to support adults who have sexual thoughts about children to prevent offending. The helpline is also for parents, professionals, family and community members who come across child sexual abuse. If you're worried about an adult or young person's sexual behaviour offline or online, you can call the anonymous helpline on 1800 01 1800 or use a live chat or secure messaging service. To find out more, head to stopitnow.org.au.